Welcome to Fanboy and the Hater, a podcast hosted and produced by Mike Hall and Jim Harris, where we discuss the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture, edited by Jim Harris, and music by Mike Hall. In a world fraught with corruption... (laughs) Did you just say the F word? Did he say the S word? Young man, did you just say the Q word? Four young boys united by fate. The machinery of the V-chip emits a small shock whenever an obscenity is uttered. This isn't fair, you send a... Torn apart by destiny. Evil or resistance! Somewhere between love and honor, between courage and not courage, between Kansas and Utah, there lies... South Park. Kyle Broslovsky. Sick! Is it Cartman's mom? Oh, very funny. It is Cartman's mom. Stan Marsh. But this is gonna be the best movie ever. It's a foreign film from Canada. Saddam Hussein. Is sex the only thing that matters to you? I love you. Kenny McCormick. I love <laughs> Big Gay Al. I'm super! Thanks for asking. And Eric Cartman. Yes, yes, I saw the Tales of Philly movie. Who wants to touch me? I said, who wants to touch me? All hell breaks loose. That movie has warped my fragile little mind. I want to start this episode with an advisory warning. Usually this is for spoilers, and there will be spoilers. But this time... It is for foul language, and Mike's going to sing a lot. Today we're talking about South Park, the movie, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, one of my favorite movies of all time. Jim, what do you think of this movie? Well, this was a bit of a nostalgic trip for me, because this movie came out in 1999, so I was in my late 20s at the time. I remember the South Park television show. I was a fan of it. And I probably had seen most of it leading up to seeing the movie in the theater. And I went to see it with a bunch of my friends that I grew up with and went to college with. So it was a pretty big deal back then. And I really remember enjoying both the television show and the movie. But for at least the last 10, maybe 15 years, I have not seen a single episode of South Park. And I probably haven't seen this movie in that long as well. All right. Well, for me, this movie actually came out in June of 1999, which means I wasn't even 17 yet. (laughs) So you couldn't see this movie in the theater. I don't remember. I don't think I saw it in the theater, but I might have followed example of of this movie and snuck in somehow or went with somebody that was old enough or maybe you only had to be 16. I don't remember exactly. Honestly, I don't remember if I saw it in theater or not. But for me, this is one of those movies. uh, I think I mentioned it in our, our spoilers and rewatchability episode, how... This is a movie that me and some friends, some friends and I used to watch every day because it's just so entertaining. And, and I mean, for me, the music of it, it is really combined with the comedy, of course. But the music of it really draws me in being kind of a music lover. And I really like musicals. Ten uh, seconds into watching the movie, I was like, I forgot this was a musical. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, damn, they're going to sing a lot, aren't they? Yep, and that's uh, one of my favorite parts about this this whole thing is that it's it's a musical. And, I mean, really, I know it's a musical, but every time I watch it, I'm surprised at how much of it is the musical. To me, I keep thinking of it as it's an episode with some music in it, but realistically, a good, I don't know, what would you say, 40% of it's musical? Yeah, I'd say that's probably about right. Give or take, mm-hmm. time-wise. So that actually dives us right into what we wanted to talk about first was the music of it. You're not really much of a fan of musicals most of the time, are you? There are some that I like, but I would say, generally speaking, no, I am not a fan of musicals. This movie 
it's not too much, too many songs. It's it's a good balance, like you said. Probably about forty percent of the movie has that. It's just enough for you to have to be forced to take notice of it, but it's not so much that it annoys someone like me. So okay, yeah, for me, I I like musicals a lot, except for musicals that are catered towards high school kids, so to speak, or or something like that. I'm so not you're not like those. Glee. Yeah, no. Or I'm High not. School the Musical? I appreciate the music aspect of it, but it's not really speaking to me as a person, so I can't really do anything. I like things like Avenue Q and Phantom of the Opera. So, I mean, there are things that I like that are musicals. Yeah, and this, I guess also to speak, it's another one of Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone wrote, and did, well, actually Trey Parker pretty much did everything, and Matt Stone helps him with it, but... Kind of the same thing. Cannibal the Musical is another one that's that's huge for me that nobody else seems to like, but I absolutely love. And I actually almost confuse which songs are in which movie because I just sing them both so much all the time that when I think of one, it makes me think of the other one. Yeah, I saw this movie in Mike Surround Sound. So basically, <laughs> while watching this movie, most of the songs Mike sings along with. So it adds another level of audio experience to watching the movie when you watch the movie with Mike. Shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker. <laughs> You're an ass-licking, ball-sucking Uncle Fucker. You're an Uncle Fucker. Yes, it's true. Nobody fucks uncles quite like you. Shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker. You're the one that fucked your uncle, Uncle Fucker. You don't eat or sleep or mow the lawn. You just fuck your uncle all day long. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> over and over. And it doesn't stop for like a week after I watch that movie. Just over and over and over again. <laughs> Um, so yeah, for me, the music is, is great in its core. And the reason, I guess one thing when I'm talking about whether or not music is good, how long does it stick in your head after you've heard it? And like I, like I just said, I will be singing these songs for like a week, two weeks, over and over and over again after I just watched it this one time. Well, the funny thing about that is when we've talked about music before, I listen to music for the lyrics and for the most part, not counting musicals, you tend to listen to music for the music. Mm -hmm. But you actually do know the word. Like we've talked before off mic about how you probably don't even know the lyrics to some of your favorite songs. But you know all of the lyrics to these songs because you sing along with them. So musicals, I guess, are an exception. But musicals are, the lyrics are what drive the story for this. So the, in a musical... You're not listening for the music itself. It is for the lyrics, but also the music kind of drives it as well. But for this one in particular, it's just I've seen it so many times. And, and I still struggle. There's still some words I'm like, I still can't make out what they're saying. That, that's one of the issues I have with almost all music. And actually why I don't really get into opera, I can't understand them. And which is hilarious because I listen to death metal. I can understand them fine. But when I listen to like normal singing, I, can, I don't understand what they're saying most of the time. Because I don't listen to it enough. I don't understand the cadence of it. So, yeah, this I've just listened to so much. I'll just randomly get the song in my head and sing three quarters of the song. So what are some of your favorite songs? I have four songs from a movie that I really enjoy, but what are some of your favorite songs? So up there, there's so much room Where babies burp and flowers bloom Everyone dreams I can dream too Up there, up where... All right, I'll stop now. <laughs> that one's probably my favorite one. That's the one I get stuck in my head the most. Um... Now, that's the song that Satan sings. Yep, Satan sings that. That's about him wanting to live amongst the, the flowers and the trees and everything. He doesn't want to be where evil is sown. No, I won't break into song. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll hold off. <laughs> you can feel free to sing as much as you'd like. I don't uh, care. Blame Canada. Blame Canada was the first one that I wrote down. Yes. It when As soon as that started, it reminded me of the plot. Because like I said, it'd probably been at least 10, 15 years since I've seen the movie. And again... Initially, I had completely forgotten that it was a musical. So what? But once Blame Canada started up for the first time, it's like, oh yeah, I like that. They're beady little lies. They're flapping heads so full of lies. Blame Canada. Blame Canada. They're not even a real country anyway. I know I mixed up parts, but that's fine. That's my favorite. Blame Canada. Blame Canada. It seems that everything's gone wrong since Canada came along. 
So for me, it's actually been about two weeks since I've seen this movie. <laughs> yeah, I still watch it quite a bit, but I actually just showed a couple weekends ago. Uh, my nephew and his wife came down to visit me, and they stayed over, and we watched that movie. They'd never even seen an episode of South Park. Oh, N- wow. Neither one of them, and they both said they loved it. Okay. So I don't know if they were just trying to make me feel better, because we tried to watch Cannibal the Musical first, and they made me stop halfway through it. <laughs> <laughs> I've still not seen Cannibal the Musical. They actually, and they both said, too, that it was funny, but it's just the way that it's filmed. It's filmed in a way that mocks movies that look like that, kind of, and it's very, very low budget. So it is kind of difficult to watch. And there are kind of low points that drag. Anyways, we're not talking about that movie. We're talking about this movie. So, yeah, Blame Canada is definitely one. And uh... No! Little boy, you're going to hell! Of course, I'm going to like that song. Um, yes, you got very excited when that song kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine why. Exactly. So those are probably my top ones. What, what did you have down? Uh, Kyle's mom's bitch. She's a big fat bitch. She's the biggest bitch in the whole wide world. She's the biggest bitch. <laughs> my mouth doesn't work that fast anymore. <laughs> It's both a good song and a good song and dance number at the same time in yeah. an animated movie. I like the so. jazz hands at the end. Yeah. Jazz that is a pretty entertaining uh, sequence. Even the racist part. Yes, even yeah, even <laughs> even the several racist parts are, are actually not that are are funny. And then of course, uh, what would Brian Bortano do if he was here right now? I'm sure he'd kick an ass or two. That's what Brian Bortano do. When Brian Bortano was in the Alps fighting grizzly bears, he used his magical fire breath to save the maiden's fair. I don't know what what, what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm about to say I'm not, I don't know if you're remembering the songs I'm referring to. What would Brian Bortano do if he was here right now? He'd make a plan and he'd follow through. <laughs> so those were my my favorite songs and and again i written down a note for myself it's like you know i forgot that it was a musical and i could have done without all the songs but as the movie went on it, it did get more entertaining after a while and i have to say again it's been a really long time since i've seen south park the television series but i think that the musical aspect of it actually makes it better and i think it's for me it's probably better than regular south park now, again, probably haven't watched a single episode of South Park in 10 to 15 years, so it's completely based on memory. But Yeah, I, I think I want to wrap back to that a little bit later. But yeah, I mean, just the music in general is... What else did you have for the music? Is that, is that all of them? That was... Um, yeah, I think that was about it in terms of the music. All right. We can do it. It's all up to us, okay? <laughs> With a little plan, you can change your life today. <laughs> All right, so let's let's jump on over. You said you had some stuff you want to talk about uh, joke-wise in this movie. I remember thinking it was funny when I saw it in the theater. And again, I was in my late 20s when I saw it in the theater, and I'm going to be 50 years old next year. So it's been over 20 years since the movie came out. I don't know if it's because my sense of humor has changed over the last two decades. Do you have a sense of humor? Some people claim that I do not. Because I kept looking at you, and you were not laughing through this movie, except for laughing at me. I was like, la- yes, I was laughing at Mike's reaction to the movie. That actually might have made the movie more entertaining for me, was watching the movie with Mike. I might have started to lose interest in the movie if that wasn't the case. Because I was cracking up through the whole thing. Yes, you were laughing consistently. through, And you said you were even holding yourself back from singing along and laughing. Because of that. It was also funny to watch you. You were tapping your feet, too. And, and oh, yeah. That's a whole song and dance number. Oh, yeah. You were like chair dancing along with the movie. So, yeah, it was very entertaining. So I remember thinking that it was funny when I saw it in the theaters. And I, like I said, I was a fan of the show at the time. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't really find the material as funny as I did. But again, it's been over 20 years. So I don't know if this is because I don't have the same sense of humor that I had when I saw it the first time. It's still a funny movie. It's not like it's bad, but it's just not as funny as I remember it being. Yeah, and part of it being so funny to me might be just the connection that I had with it from watching it all the time with my friends. Uh, I, I think I even mentioned to you at one point, there, there's a part in the movie where like they're in a crowd and the crowd kind of disperses and it's just Cartman and Kenny sitting there. And the Cartman just goes, I hate you, Kenny. 
one of my best friends, the one that lived with me in that apartment that we used to watch it all the time. That's just an ongoing thing for the past 20 years. If there's an awkward silence, one of us just turns to the other. I hate you, Mike. It's an ongoing thing. So there's little things like that that just kind of have stuck with us and become almost like a inner jokes between us that just keep going. I can see that being like uh, an inside joke for your group of friends that you watched it with. I mean, yeah. I went to see it with uh, a group of kids, a group of friends that I grew up with and went to college with. It was one of the few movies. It was weird because that movie came out, I think, the same year that The Phantom Menace came out. So the two movies that I remember us going to see together as a big group were the South Park movie and The Phantom Menace. At least one of them was good. Yeah. <laughs> But for me, again, it shouldn't, it's not surprising since the movie is over 20 years old. I think some of the jokes don't hold up as well or definitely weren't as funny as they were at the time that the movie came out. What do you mean by not hold up? Like because over time itself or just because to you it's not funny anymore? It's probably just to me. So maybe they still hold up, but for me they weren't as funny. Like the Saddam Hussein thing was funnier back then. Yeah, I suppose. So that didn't hold up as well. The V-chip thing, which does come back later in, in his very... I want this V-chip out of me. It has stunted my vocabulary. The use of the V-chip in the Cartman anime-like superpower thing right? at the end <laughs> is fucking hilarious. Fuck shit, cock, ass, titties, butter, bitch, muck, pussy, cock, butthole, but the, the V-chip thing was, an, at the time, the V-chip was funny because they were making fun of, there was a thing called a V-chip, not to be implanted in children's heads, but to be equipped as a parental device on television to prevent kids oh, from yeah. hearing. It was a, a parental control device. I don't know if it was entirely geared towards profanity, but what was one of the big things that they were making fun of. So it was very topical for them to have something called a V-chip in the movie at that time. But now, like, it just dawned on you now that that was actually a thing. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. So that's what I mean. It's like, at the time, it was really funny. Not as funny now. Same thing, the Saddam Hussein thing, at the time, was really funny. It's just not as funny now. I think the Saddam Hussein thing's still funny to me because I just remember it so well from being then. To me, that much time hasn't passed. I still kind of feel like it's 1999 still. <laughs> The Windows 98 thing with Bill Gates again. Oh, so good. Fucking Windows 98. Get Bill Gates in here. At the time, very funny. But now it just wasn't as funny to me. But at the time, I found it incredibly funny. Maybe that's because you work with computers so much. Yes. Um, I, I'm an IT guy. So, yeah. So, for yeah. me, that was an incredibly funny joke back then. Eh. Not really the same kind of humor now. And to me, somebody that knows how to run a computer, but that's about it. That's still hilarious to me because I still blame Bill Gates for everything Windows. There you even go. though he hasn't had a part of it in how long? Quite a long time. Over a decade. He's been retired for for a while. I think, didn't he just sell the last of his shares or something like that? Uh, he I think may I saw have. That. I think I saw that in the news. Anyways. The other thing that was... How would you like to suck my balls, Mr. Garrison? <laughs> The other joke that I had down that didn't hold up as well, I think it, the, the reference is, I think it was called The Fourth of July. It was a Tom Cruise movie. The guy in the wheelchair. I'm so sorry, Mr. Cripple. Yes. I'm almost positive that that was a reference to the Tom Cruise movie, Fourth of July. It might have been, but that's a character that's in the show. Maybe that was just from the show. That's what it, that's what popped into my head, but maybe, and maybe that's it what the be. character in the show was also making fun of. Could also be making fun of Lieutenant Dan. It could also be making fun of Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump. If it also was a character from the show, I would have found it funny because I would have known that. But yeah. now, again, 10 to 15 years since I've seen the show. But did it? Is it not funny at all or just less funny? It's less funny because it's like, I think I know what they're making fun of there. Like we just said, mm -hmm. I, mean, I, I was thinking of a Tom Cruise movie and maybe that's not even the right reference. So that's why I, I think I remember it being funny at the time, but it just was kind of like, huh, what's that a reference to again? Yeah, see, I guess for me, those types of things, and, the, and that that's the genius to me of Trey Parker and Matt Stone, is it's still funny if you don't get the reference, but if you get the reference, it's even funnier. Oh, yeah, there's nothing in the movie that... So it doesn't take away from it. Yeah, I like comedy that is like that. There's a lot of things that I find funny. I farted uh, once on the set of Blue Lagoon. Yes. Again, little... Those are the types of jokes that I really appreciate, because there are other shows... Not to take a tangent, but like they're, the show that popped into my head is Psych, which is a show that is the characters in the show grew up in the 80s. 
I grew up in the 80s. That show is fast-paced, and they make a lot of... The 1880s? The 1980s. Oh. They make a lot of reference to television shows and movies, and the jokes go by really fast. If you don't catch them, it doesn't take anything at all away from the show, but if you catch them, they're fucking hilarious. So there's a lot of stuff like that in South Park. If you don't get the joke, it doesn't like break your enjoyment or confuse you at all. It goes usually just goes by pretty quickly. So there's a lot of jokes like that that probably were funnier to me again at the time. Mm -hmm. And I probably maybe didn't even notice the references this time. See, for me, there's also a lot of little, little detail jokes that I think most people don't catch that are there. So like in the scene where Kenny's on the operating table... Behind the kids, there's a sign that says employees must wash hands before surgery. And there's even like on the other side of the doors of that sign is another sign of like the to-do list. And the last thing on it was kill band. It's just little things like that. And then like during the, uh, it's all up to us, we can do it. Okay. I sang that wrong. Um, <laughs> during that song, during the second verse, when the kids are singing along, mm-hmm. when, he, when they say uh, this poo is cold, one of the little kids holds up poo in his hand as he's saying it. And again, those little things, a lot of people don't catch, but that that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, ha And that's, again, goes back to what we said about rewatchability. That Those details are why I can watch this over and over, because I'm spotting all those little things. It make me laugh even harder, and then I'm confused why you're not laughing, because you don't have a sense of humor, because you're dead inside. I am dead inside. But you've also seen this movie a ridiculous number of times. I couldn't even begin to estimate how many times I've seen it. I'm going to say minimum 150 times I've seen this movie. I've probably seen it three, <laughs> including and the one we just saw was probably the third time. I saw it once in the theater. A friend of mine bought the movie when it came out on DVD and we watched it. And then this time, probably that's the three times I've seen it. Other than maybe I probably caught it. It was probably on I think they put it on TV, but it was worse because it was like on TV. So it was censored. It was bleeped out and stuff. So it wasn't quite as good. So the actual movie I've seen three times. I mean, that was one of the, going back to the humor and what, one of the reasons I think rather, I guess, juvenile reason that we went to see the movie. My group of friends and I was to be able to see South Park without it being censored, without them mm-hmm. bleeping out the swear words. And obviously they swore a lot more in the movie than they did in the television show. Shit. So, again, at that time, I found it funny. I mean, profanity is not as, in and of itself, is not as humorous to me as it was when I was in my 20s. I don't think that's probably not unique to me. But at the time, I thought it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, I still have juvenile humor, so it's, it's still genius to me. I mean, it's not like... I blame Canada. You can blame Canada for that. I mean, it's not like that's the only thing that makes the movie funny. I'm not trying to yeah. suggest that. But the fact that they swear, they swear in a lot in the movie is because they can. And that does help with some of the humor. And it is also kind of what the movie's about. Yeah, I mean... Which I, w- I want to wrap back around <laughs> to later, but... Okay, yeah. yeah. That, that's, my, that's sort of my core thing I wanted to... That I took away is the core... One of the core meta messages in the movie that I was reminded of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as you said, I, I laughed a couple of times while we were watching the movie. But I think most of the time I was laughing at you laughing at something... I don't think I laughed at something in the movie. Whereas I was laughing through the whole movie, and I kept looking over at you going, why aren't you laughing? What's going on? It's just like, I don't know. It's just like, I don't, just in general, I don't laugh out loud a lot when I watch, like, anything. Even, like, if I'm watching, like, a stand-up comedy routine on Netflix that I haven't seen before. I'm more, I'm one of those annoying people that Seinfeld used to make fun of. Because it was a scene, uh, just to go back to when Seinfeld was on the air in the 90s, he was annoyed because he was dating a girl and he would, he was, he's a stand-up comedian in the show. He would make jokes and she was like, that's funny. And he would get mad because she wouldn't laugh. Her yeah. response was, that's funny. And that's pretty much how I respond to funny things now. There's very few times where I actually laugh out loud. I'd be like, oh yeah, that was funny. I'm really connecting the dots here and why you hate everything. <laughs> so I did find things funny. I just didn't laugh, which probably sounds weird because I laugh on the podcast a lot. <laughs> but I don't laugh like as a response to seeing something funny in television and movies because it's really nowadays it's like it really has to be something unexpected to make me actually laugh out loud, mm-hmm. like a, a something I didn't see coming 
or wasn't expecting, like a joke that's dropped in, like, when there's comic relief in an otherwise really serious movie, sometimes that gets me. Yeah. But when I go into something knowing that it's going to be funny like this, it's like, I'm not going to be surprised by comedic material because that's what the movie's about. So I'm not going to laugh at it. I guess I don't laugh a lot, a lot, I don't think, at a lot of stuff. But that just goes to show how funny this movie is to me. That is just, yeah. I, I remember laugh a laughing Come a lot. Come on, Saddam Hussein was killed by a pack of rabid boars. Come on, that's funny. A yeah. pack of rabid boars. Yeah, I guess that's funny. <laughs> ah. <laughs> this is what I have to work with, people. Sorry, like I said, it's this, like I said, I remember when I saw it in the theaters, I remember lots of things being very funny. In fact, probably the best scene seeing the movie on the big screen was we all lost it when the clitoris shows up. Right? Because in the... <laughs> oh, I am the clitoris! Just in that scene, because especially in a theater on the big screen... That giant clitoris is taking up the entire movie right. screen. Like, whoa! <laughs> like, and we're all like, but that's the clitoris! <laughs> so we all laughed hilariously in the theater at that. And I do remember laughing a lot when I saw this movie in the theater, you know, again, over 20 years ago. Fair enough. So I used to have a sense of humor. All right. Well, something destroyed you internally. Yes. <laughs> I've been dead inside for a long time. All right. Well, I'm not a therapist, so let's not go into that. <laughs> Let's jump into uh, the show versus the movie. You said that you wanted to kind of compare and contrast that a little bit. Yeah, again, it's one of those things. It's like I have not seen much of the show in the last 10 to 15 years. It's still on, right? There's still... Yeah, it's still running. Still running? I don't know how much Trey Parker and Matt Stone really work with it anymore. I think they just come in and do the voices now and other people work on it. Oh, okay. But I'm not 100%. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. Gotcha. At the time when it first came out in the 90s, it also had that novelty to it. There wasn't really that much else like it. I mean, often at the time you had the Simpsons, Family Guy. Simpsons did it. Simpsons, South Park, and the Family Guy kind of always took pot shots at each other. Because mm. they were the three sort of, for lack of a better term, adult-oriented animation. That's probably a horrible way to describe. Yeah, that kind of sounds like animated porn. Yeah, and it makes it sound like animated porn. Animation that was not geared... Rate, rated R animation. Rated R animation or primetime animation, because they were shows that were on at like 8 p.m. at night, not like Saturday morning cartoons or on Nickelodeon or the Cartoon Network, which didn't exist at that time. But that, that's what I mean. I mean, like, I still remember animation domination is what they used to call it on Fox because they used to run on Sunday nights. They had The Simpsons, Family Guy, American Dad, and The Cleveland Show for a while. So I kind of think back at those times, and then you had like King of the Hill and other stuff. So there was a lot of, in the 90s, there were a lot of animated shows that were not geared specifically to children. And those are the, the so that was in back in that novelty. So at the time, I found it very funny because of that. And I went to see the movie again, like I said, because now we could see the uncensored version of South Park. Okay. And I think it was, I think, I mean, again, now I think I would be annoyed. Not not annoyed, probably not the right word. I don't think I could sit down and watch too much of South Park, the television series anymore, but I could watch that movie again. So it, it's interesting to me that that's the kind of stuff that you found that humor. So that's really what you connected to is just because it's it was finally adult oriented animation. For me, actually, what I loved about the show was one of the things that made this show very unique to any other animation is because of the animation style was so simplistic, they could crank out an episode in a, in a week, whereas other shows it would take months. So they could actually stay current, current events. And so whatever you saw at that week were things that happened that week, and they were mocking those things. And just they would mix and somehow take like three or four current events and mix them all together and make it flow in an episode that tied up at the end. And it's just the genius of that was ridiculous to me. And, and I absolutely loved that. Didn't really care about the animation part. And even the the thing that I loved about the vulgarity part of it was just simple. and like, oh, they're making it like real life. They're not having to dumb it down for TV. Because that's actually how people and kids talk. Like, Holy shit, dude. I guess that, that's one thing that I've loved about South Park in general is... It's almost like it's a amplified version of what I was actually like as a kid. I mean, obviously, I didn't go on the crazy adventures, but a lot of the stuff was actually very similar. 
and the way that we acted with each other and towards each other and doing stupid things and parents didn't know what was going on because we hid it from them and they just they were busy and yeah I, I just really connected with it and I love it and just to me it's just absolute genius I can relate to that because I when I was growing up I grew up in the Northeast so I swear a lot on this podcast and Compared to other people from, I'm originally from Boston, I'm not swearing nearly as often as I do when I talk to my friends from Boston. Not to say that all people from Boston fucking swear all the time, but I definitely swore a lot. In fact, friends of mine would come over to my house growing up to learn new swear words because everyone in my family swore a lot. So yeah, the realism of the fact that that's the way kids spoke, yeah, me and my friends could relate to that. It's like, yeah, we, were, we spoke like that a lot too when we were kids. The thing that you were mentioning, too, about the current events being integrated into the show easier because of the simplistic animation style, it was also done in a much more direct way. Like, The Simpsons would occasionally do stuff like that, but it would be a bit more stylized or artistic or maybe more subtle, whereas they, where South Park would just go directly at it and yeah. would not pull any punches. So I did appreciate that aspect. It was probably one of the things that differentiated South Park from the other shows I was mentioning earlier, and I really did enjoy it. For me, I guess also this was also the time I was really getting into comedy. I, I actually started getting into comedy. It was actually In Living Color was what I w used to watch when I was a kid that got me liking comedy. But it was around this time that I was really getting into comedy. And I remember not long after the show started, I remember watching an, uh, an interview with Trey Parker and Matt Stone, and, and one of the questions was, they get it a lot, but one of the questions was, you guys are very, very, you make fun of everything. Where's the line? Like, what, what's the line you won't cross? And their answer was, there isn't one. Because if we draw a line and say, this is too taboo and we can't cross that line, then that makes everything else they've done offensive. But the reason to them that they're not offensive is because there is no line. They can make fun of everybody and everything for anything. Yes, and there are, and there is definitely a need back then and even currently for comedy to do that. That's, that's a, an area where comedy has to push the boundaries. And there are times where, I mean, it goes back to like historical basis that the court jester was the only person who could tell the truth to the king. Because, yeah, if he made a joke the king didn't like, the king would kill him. But nobody else would be brave enough to tell mm -hmm. the court, uh, the king and the queen the truth. So there's always been a long history of comedy as one of the most honest art forms. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, coming along with that is it offends a lot of people because it tells the truth. Yeah. And I don't really think it's the the fuck and the shit and all that stuff that offends people. It's the topics that they're talking about directly and honestly. Yeah. Not the South Park, but comedy like it that offends people. Yep. And I run into that a lot too. I've Especially when I'm at work, I really have to hold back what I make fun of. Because I, as you're well aware of, I make fun of everybody and everything, too. Mm -hmm. Because to point things out, to mock things, is also bringing attention to things, mm -hmm. I think. And that's, I think it's very important to do that in society, especially our society now, where everything's taken so seriously. And I, like South Park, I don't take anything that seriously. Like, I'm serious about things, but at the same time, I'm joking all the time. Like, even when I'm serious, I still throw jokes in. On that level, I mean, comedy is very important because even when it is a serious topic, if you take it too seriously, I think I think it either gives it too much power or you can also, at the same time, take it for granted. Mm. You need to be able to laugh, especially at yourself. So anytime I'm taking myself too seriously or something that I care about too seriously, I'm always looking to inject humor because you need to loosen up a little bit. Right. And and I'm never going back to like you were saying about the Trey Parker, Matt Stone lines. Like, I agree with that. I mean, there's a lot of things that they've talked about that people didn't like. But I agree with that whole thing is like if there are certain things that are out of bounds, then you're not going to have honest conversations about them. Uh, and you're just going to ignore them. And, and that's worse right. than saying, oh, you can't talk about this or you can't talk about that. Fuck that. It's like, Why? Right. Because if there's something that you can't talk about, then why aren't you talking about it? And, and it's great to have that release somewhere because in our daily lives, we can't talk about some of those things, especially we can't. Yes, exactly. Because, you know, we are middle-aged-ish. I'm definitely I'm, upper um, middle-aged. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting pretty upper. 
Is middle age an actual age group, or is it like literally like halfway through your life? Because I'm upper middle age if it's halfway through your life. Well, I was about to say, it's like I always used to joke, it's like, doesn't it depend on when you die? Right. <laughs> but anyways, white males, fairly successful, both of us. Uh, mm-hmm. It's hard for us to talk about certain topics because, A, we don't have the experience, but B, people don't believe that we can really have opinions on those things. So it's hard to have those discussions. And even if we joke about them, that's almost worse at a lot of times. So, yeah, it's good to have that outlet somewhere where we can think about it and discuss it or joke about it mm-hmm. in a safe place because we're, we're watching other people do it. Does that make sense? I don't it, know if I said that right. No, that does make sense. And taboo topics in general, I always hate. Like, political correctness has always been something that's always annoyed me because being politically correct prevents having open, honest, and necessary conversations. Yeah. And often they're about things that people don't want to talk about, like religion and death and, and my sex. Favorite things to talk about. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about these things. <sighs> and then again, obviously, we're both also professionals. And in our workplaces, you know, there are actually laws against, you know, right. there are things you can't talk about, like sex and religion in the workplace. You could get fired. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of topics that are understandably out of bounds there. But even outside of the work environment, like, again, I have to censor myself all the time. I have strong views about things like religion, living in the, I call us above the buckle of the Bible belt in Iowa. Or the Bible belly button? Well, the Bible belly button. That's a good way of putting it. Yes, we're slightly north of the Bible belt in America because we live in Iowa. So we're the belly button, the Bible belly button. So there are a lot of people here who have strong religious views, although I also find it amusing because it's mostly Christians, and there are other religions. You're skating a line. You're skating a line. Skating a line. Stay away from the line. Stay away from the line. Turn back. (laughs) So yeah, there are are topics like that, which again, shows like South Park give you that outlet where there is no line, and you can go into it, and you can talk about it, and or if you can't talk about it, you can watch something like that that's making fun of it. And right. you can laugh and not get, I guess, judged for it. Did we cover everything you want to talk about about the TV show? The only or last the thing that I wanted to talk about was the other thing that I always appreciated about South Park, the television show, was its irreverence even for pop culture. Like, one of the things that I remember since I mentioned Seinfeld earlier, during the 90s when both Seinfeld had his television show and South Park were both popular... Jerry Seinfeld asked if he could be a voice guest on South Park, (laughs) and it was a Thanksgiving episode, and they basically said, we'll let you be turkey number three. And Jerry Seinfeld was offended that he wasn't (laughs) going to be offered a better role, and Trey Parker and Matt Stone's response was, turkey number two? (laughs) (laughs) So that whole idea that they, they didn't really give a fuck about but they did that all the time too. Yeah, it wasn't just Jerry Seinfeld. They did that all the time. Right, but and people and that was the one thing that they actually said at one point too is that's how they figured out who had a sense of humor in Hollywood. Yes, who would go for it? Because I think, uh, I think at one point George Clooney was Sparky the Gay Dog, <laughs> and his entire line was roof roof. <laughs> yeah, because I think they weren't even giving Jerry Seinfeld like actual lines. He was going right. to do gobble. <laughs> yeah, he was going to make turkey noises. <laughs> <laughs> But they did that. Like, there's a lot of episodes where it was like, you, you look at the credits, like, really? That giant name went cluck. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. So, yeah, I, I always appreciated uh, that aspect. I mean, even, I, I think it was even like in, it's probably still there, but I remember in the television show, in the opening credits, I'd always used to say, it's like, celebrity voices are impersonated poorly. Right. Because celebrities, quote unquote, I'm using air quotes characters appeared on the show but not as themselves and they impersonated the voices poorly i farted once on the set of blue lagoon (laughs) i think it's hilarious that it was actually mini driver that voiced brooke shields (laughs) and i was amused that brent spiner voiced conan o'brien and of course mike was like who's brent spiner data from star trek the next generation to which my reply was oh i don't care who that is exactly So, yeah, I think that's about it if you wanted to move on. Yeah, the last thing I want to talk about is kind of the self-parody and how, for those of us that were around when South Park came out, there was a huge uproar about what this is going to do to our children when they're watching this. And 
that's going to make them say naughty words and behave badly to which those of us that were like just coming out of adolescence were like, you obviously don't know your children because we've been like this for a very long time before seeing this. Mm -hmm. This is absolutely ridiculous. Why don't you spend a little bit of time with your children and figure it out? Or maybe don't allow your children to watch it. You know, maybe be a parent at some point. And then this movie comes out, which the whole thing is about, oh, a movie came out with foul language that children like to watch. And the parents don't want to let them watch it. But instead of parenting, they're blaming the people that made the thing, which is exactly what they've been dealing with up to this point. And just the self-parody of it was absolutely genius to me. I agree. It, rem- it reminded me when I was a kid, I was raised Roman Catholic and I was a altar boy. So I one think of- we figured it out. <laughs> so there was one time I was over my friend's house. And as usual, I was swearing like a sailor. Then after I left... We didn't know, I think I didn't know at the time that my friend's dad was working nights, so he was actually home sleeping during the day while I was over the house. So after I left, he came out and he yelled at my friend for swearing, and my friend was like, that wasn't me, that was Jim. And his friend was like, the altar boy? I don't believe you. So yeah, that whole idea that parents is like, yeah, it's like, if you you think your kids don't swear, you don't know your fucking kids, because they definitely swear. <laughs> oh yeah, that that was I remember at least for us in elementary school, whoever was most creative with the swear words was more popular. It seemed like, which may be why I try to get creative with my swear words still. I don't know if I don't do it so much on here, but on personal, I like to mix and match. I, I like I like to change things up a little bit, not say the same ones over and over. And they did depict that in this movie. They had a scene about that when they went to see the Terrence and Philip movie. The yeah. movie in the movie. That had the swearing <laughs> that they saw. They were then at the playground as the popular kids briefly because they were swearing all the the creative swear words from the movie. Stop crowding us, you shit-faced cockmasters! Ooh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that 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 was fantastic. But I just plus the whole idea too that they were playing with too is using swear words that they didn't know what the swear words meant. Yeah, that was the other thing that was also interesting as a kid growing up. Yeah, we knew that there were. It goes back to the whole things of like not talking about it. We knew that they were bad words that we weren't supposed to use. We didn't know what they meant, but we thought it was funny to use them because we were told we weren't supposed to say them. Yeah. So that's true. And that was part of what was in this movie, too. Yeah, you know, I remember one time I was a little kid and I was watching TV with my mom. And it was like a news program or something. And they said they said something about somebody saying the C word. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at my mom going, What's the C word? Mom's like, Good. and so and i was racking my brain trying to figure out and finally i I settled upon that the c word was christ oh because that's something you're not supposed to use in that manner so i'm like oh that must be what the c word is and then when i finally heard somebody actually say what the c word actually is i was like oh that's what that was oddly enough i actually still don't like that word i don't know why yeah, we had. Well, it's also funny. Like um, when I talk to like my friends in Europe, they find it very funny that in America that word is a bad word because it's not. It doesn't mean what we think it means. It's used, but in a different context. It doesn't mean female genitalia. Right. That word means something else, and they use it all the time. And it is a insult to call someone that, but it doesn't mean what we th- what we use it as. I'm going my turn to tell a line. Okay. It's kind of like the term faggot. Yes. There's there is the derogatory meaning of it. Mm-hmm. But at least as far as I'm aware of most of the time it's being used it's not in that way. Yes. And that's uh, yeah, there's a lot of comedians that actually have good bits about that, but I'm not going to get into it any more than that because uh, <laughs> I don't want to die. Well, the, the one thing I want to do, uh, that uh, one thing before we moved on is the, the Christ thing is funny to me because not only here in Iowa, which is a more religious environment than I'm from, but even back home in Massachusetts and Boston where I'm from, I could say, fucking asshole, you fucking cocksucker. But if I said, God damn, oh my God. You can't use that word. It's like, what? God damn? Or, or even the saying, damn. <gasps> it's like, what? Well, <laughs> well, actually, if you think about it, look, when you're watching TV, if somebody says God damn on TV, they bleep God. 
<laughs> well, the the other thing that's been funny, but th- the flip side of that though, is I've been watching Cowboy Bebop on Hulu, and when they say shit in the show, the closed captioning replaces it with damn. And I'm like, <laughs> people have told me that that's worse than saying shit. But when they say shit in the show, huh. the closed captioning replaces it with damn. <laughs> so that's one of the other things. It's like, I've gone on profanity-laced tirades and no one like bats an eye. But if you say some words that religious people don't like, like if you say Christ, oh, you're taking the Lord's name in vain, or you say damn, yeah. you're, you know, that's goddamn, that's that's also bad. Or H-E double hockey sticks. <laughs> Hell is apparently a bad word, too. It's like, that's a word that's bad? It's like, yeah. But I can say all the other stuff that I just screamed in the microphone. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I went all George Carlin there for a second. Right. My bad. Yeah, that's uh, that almost takes me on another tangent, but I, I don't, that's not for this podcast, so I'll save that. Yeah, I mean, I, I brought up some of that in my um, What the Alternative F episode yeah. when I talked about swearing on television. Well, I was going to go on a religious area versus area. Because, like, you're, there you came up from, at least the way that I have it pictured in my head from everything I've heard, is a much more, like, structured Catholic religion area. Whereas around here, there's a lot of various religions. A lot more people are probably religious, but it's a various type. There's there's a lot more uh, sects. Sect. <laughs> there's a lot more sex. <laughs> I don't know if there's more sex in the in in the religion in this. Well, area. we're pretty close to the Mormons. <laughs> I grew up in a small, relatively small town that was pretty much half Catholic, half Protestant. So that was our diversity. <laughs> yeah, we're, we have a lot more, a uh, lot more of the branches. Yes, there's a lot more denominations here. In fact, that's back, the word I was looking for. De- denominations. Yes. Obviously, and, I am religious. <laughs> Yeah, one of the things that was, not to go off on a tangent, but one of the other things that was very strange about when I first came to the Midwest is the idea of churches advertising was weird to me. That was like something that doesn't happen back in the Northeast, like seeing ads in like newspapers or even on hearing ads on the radio. What's a newspaper? Yeah, again, sorry, I'm old. <laughs> so that type of aspect was just weird to me. But yeah, there are definitely, I mean, there, there obviously is a tremendous amount of religious diversity in the Northeast as well. It just, I guess I wasn't paying as much attention to it as I, uh, it's hard to ignore or not see yeah. in the Midwest. Okay. Well, that was a tangent I didn't want to go on. Yeah. <laughs> Now that we've alienated all of our religious listeners. Hey, we never said anything bad about it. Man, I think that's pretty much all I had, really. I just think... Uh... Well, my my main thing, we, we kind of already talked around it a little bit, but it's somewhat uh, the meta message of the movie for me, and it's actually paraphrasing one of the lines that uh, Stan's mom says at one point. Horrific, deplorable violence is all right, as long as you don't say naughty words. Kyle's, Kyle's, Kyle's mom. mom, not Stan's mom. Sorry, Kyle's mom. She's a bitch. She is a bitch. And she's the one, yeah, that, that leads the uh, Moms Against Canada movement. But yeah, she had talked about it at one point when they were joking that, yeah, horrific, deplorable violence is all right as long as you don't say naughty words. And this is something that I've always found very, and many other people have, have made fun of this and pointed out sort of the hypocrisy, even in like the R-rated movie type thing. And we've talked about this before in, in past, and even in the context of children's shows or animation, you can depict horrific acts of violence in like a PG movie, as long as you don't say fuck. And if it's a PG thirteen, you have like what two, you can say two or three fucks. You're, in yeah, it. yeah. You, yeah, you're allowed. You have a and quota. no nudity. You can't have any nudity. Yes, exactly. Somebody's you, head can explode, but you can't have a booby. You can't have a booby. You could violently, graphically rape a woman as long as you don't see, show her naked. Right. And you can show most of the booby, just not the nipple. <laughs> that was the joke from Seinfeld. It's like, how do you know when sex starts? When the nipple makes its first appearance. But yeah, that I always found... So apparently this is an episode on Seinfeld. <laughs> well, you made me watch a movie from the 90s, and that's what I remember <laughs> from the 90s. I'm old. I'm sorry. But again, the point there is that, again, just sticking to profanity, the whole idea that 
as long as it doesn't include profanity, it's okay. But there's a lot of other violent and disturbing imagery that's perfectly fine to include in things that are like PG mm -hmm. that like the kids in this movie, you know, had to basically pay a homeless person to take them to see the R rated movie and the movie inside of the movie. Whereas there's lots of other things that have much more disturbing and violent imagery. Which is hilarious that they did that when all we ever did was say we were going to go to whatever PG movie it was and then just go to the other yeah, movie. Yeah, and just go into the other theater. It's like, yeah, it's like I never really saw a lot of tremendous security inside of the movie theaters. Even today, it's like, yeah, you just buy a ticket for whatever and no one's watching. You're just walking down the hallway. You can go right. into any theater you want to. We used to actually just, we used to see, <laughs> we used to see like, 15 to 20 minutes of like six different movies because we just kept walking out and walking into different theaters because no one cared. Well, if you want to arrest Jim, his address <laughs> is... So Screen Junkies has a, a thing that they do charting with Dan every week where he talks about box office and stuff like that. And one of the episodes they talk about there was like a Disney movie with really inflated numbers and like it wasn't even that good of a movie. But then they, when they started looking at it, they realized that there was a rated R movie that came out that children liked. And so the numbers for that movie were highly inflated because people were going to say, saying they were going to that movie and going to the other movie, which did not do as well in the box office because everybody was saying that they were going to the first movie. So, mm -hmm. yeah, interesting. It's also like that some of the things that people do today for a different reason, like if it's a movie that they, like me, want to go see it because they want to hate on it, I've had people say, I refuse to buy a ticket to that movie. So they buy a ticket to some other movie, but then go see the movie that they want to hate on so that they don't give that movie their money, which I think is just stupid. But I've had I've had people. Okay. Make, I've had the, I've had people make that argument to me as well. It's hmm. like, well, you wanted to see the movie, but you didn't want to pay for that movie. But you did buy a, a ticket to a movie. You don't want to support that movie, Financial. but you want to see that movie. Yeah. Because genius. Yes. <laughs> right. It's just like all the people who don't like Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker but are paying $20 to access the digital version that's available in advance of the Blu-ray DVD release so that they can watch it and talk about all the things they don't like about it. <laughs> all right. I feel bad. I haven't sung in a while. I'm about to say, you, you want to end on a big number? Nah, well, we, we can keep going. So let's just go ahead and wrap it up. Let, let's dive into your final thoughts. How would thoughts. Brian Botano wrap this up? What would Brian Botano do if he was here right now? He'd make a plan and he'd follow through. That's what Brian Botano do. When Brian Botano was in the Olympics skating for the gold, he did two style cows and a triple that's while wearing a blindfold. When Brian Botano was in the Alps fighting grizzly bears, he used his magical fire breath and saved the maiden's fair. So what would Brian Botano do if he were here? Today, I'm sure he'd kick an ass or two. That's what Brian Boitano do. I want to speech trip out of me. It has stunted my vocabulary. And I just want my mom to stop fighting everyone. Or Wendy, I'll be an activist too. Cause that's what Brian Boitano do. And what would Brian Boitano do? He'd call the kids in town and tell them to unite for truth. That's what Brian Boitano do. When Brian Boitano dropped through time to the year 3010, he fought the evil robot. So I'll go first with my metaphorical rating because I'm sure yours will be much better than mine. Yeah, we'll see. So my metaphorical rating. So for me, this is not a great movie. It's not a bad movie. I think it's just, okay. It's a good okay. movie. Okay. 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 I mean, I could watch it again. It's rewatchable, but it's not as funny as I remember it being the first time. And again, a lot of the humor, I think, is just not... I don't know if I've outgrown it or my sense of humor changed or I never had a sense of humor. It's a movie that I can appreciate, but it's not a great movie. It's hard to laugh and cry at the same time. <laughs> what about you? Uh, for me, this is a medley of genius. A medley of genius? Medley of genius. See what I did there? Because it's, it's, it's got medleys in it and it's a musical oh, that and was, it's genius. That was a thinker. That was a thinker. 
there is not a single part of this movie to me that is not genius in its own way. Everything about it's fantastic. Even the little joke of, but you love Terrence and Phillips. It's like, yeah, but the animation's all crappy. And then it shows them like walking away in their cardboard form. Come on, man. It's, it's, that's genius. The, I appreciate it. The way it. that it makes fun of itself, it makes fun of other things. There isn't really any wasted screen time. Like even the part like Kenny goes to hell and it's like zooming out to show what hell looks like. And there's a f- demon dragon flying by. And you're like, okay, we see it. And then like, as you think it should close when it's starting to waste time, it poops out <laughs> a fiery ball. <laughs> Which is one of those times you laughed at me because I went exactly when it happened. <laughs> yes. I was, I was saying when we were watching this movie, we could have just put the movie on mute. And Mike could have done all of the lines, sung all of the songs, and done all of the sound effects. It, it, even the part where <laughs> I was laughing at this one, the part when he smacks... <laughs> I wasn't even looking at the screen. I was looking down, taking notes, and I just made the smacking motion <laughs> at the exact time. <laughs> because I've seen it so many times, and I'm still laughing hysterically. There, I mean, really, is there a part of the movie that I'm not laughing? I don't think so. Like I said, there were parts where I was watching you more than I was watching the screen, because watching you was amusing. <laughs> But like I said before, I mean, when I saw it the first time, I appreciated all of the, the little details and the technical execution. I remember thinking that this movie was amazing when I first saw it 20 years ago. See, and for me, again, it's the genius of it to me is the jokes and the humor is in a way that it doesn't get old to me. I'm still connecting into it the same way as I was the first time. And I, again, going back to the spoilers rewatchability episode where I talk about that, how I... I built that connection with this movie so even parts that might not be as funny if i were to see it today compared to when i saw it then i'm connecting to it and i'm remembering how funny it was when i saw it the first time and that's just it just turns me into a child again it's like a lot of times when again there aren't a lot of movies that i feel this way towards but it's like it comes back it reminded me on a different level for why i always like star wars like mm-hmm. a lot of people criticize the original trilogy i saw those when i was a kid age six through twelve the affinity that I have for those movies allows me to watch them and ignore, yeah, there are parts of those movies that aren't great, but I don't even see those parts because again, right. I got to have such a deep affinity for the movies, but this is not on that same level for me. Again, it's still funny. It's still watchable. It's just not as great of a movie as it was when I saw it 20 years ago. Fair enough. I kind of want to go watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. That's all I got. That's all you got. That's all I got. All right. Well, that wraps up our episode on South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Eat snacky s'mores. Sometimes I think when I look up real high that there's such a big world up there I'd like to give it a try But then I sink, cause it's here I'm supposed to stay. But I get so lonely down here. Tell me, why does it have to be that way? Up there, there's so much room where babies burp and flowers bloom. Everyone dreams I can dream too. Up there, up where the skies are ocean blue, I could be safe and
Thank you for listening to Fanboy and the Hater. We really appreciate it and would love to hear your feedback. Give us a rating. Write a review. Reach out to us on Twitter at Fanboy and Hater. Email us at thefanboyandthehater at gmail.com. You can find all of our episodes on our website, fanboyandhater.podbean.com. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Where you can download the free Podbean mobile app for Android and iOS. You can also find us on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Once again, thanks for listening to The Fanboy and the Hater.